0: Hello and welcome to Sketch Please. It's the comedy sketch podcast that you write and you perform. I'm Catherine Kerr, bringing you today five premium quality sketches from three free-range organic performers. Let's meet them now. I heard the Austin Powers music in Itzu today, so I've sourced a fluty bossa nova track to accompany this bit.
1: Yeah, baby. Groovy.
0: <laughs> David Sylvester first appeared on Sketch Please a little over a year ago. He's a wisecracking music-making artist and creative. Hi, David. Hey. Um we've just discussed this and I'm not supposed to call you David. Yeah,
1: uh, well, it's it, when you announce me that's okay, but I feel like when you address me afterwards, Dave feels better.
0: Dave versus David. <laughs> <laughs> Physically jumped. How are you? How's your day?
1: Uh it was it was pretty pretty decent.
0: Until you got on the X68 bus.
1: Yeah. Uh I think that had a hex 68 huh
0: nice See not you really no, thanks you last were on sketch please about a year ago in a really hot sweaty studio somewhere in central london mm. um and funnily enough you've come back in spite of that traumatic experience it
1: turns out i'm hot and sweaty wherever i go so why not
0: i like it what have you been doing this year
1: well i joined a new band which was nice as the vocalist uh the band is called feed the wolves it's actually just melodic metal.
0: Don't even know what that is, really. I have yeah. no idea, but you know, it all sounds good, <laughs> and it alliterates. So that is the voice of Susan Cunningham. Susan is another, also returning Sketch Please performer. Susan is an actor and improviser who joined us on Sketch Please in the olden days, and we're so glad to have her back. How have you been? What have you been doing? Hello,
2: hello. Yes, it's um, it's been a while. Still in London. Did a little bit of podcasting last year, which I'd like I to do some more of that. Voiceover stuff. Some fun opportunities with character voice stuff which hopefully will be coming along soon um, once I get my showreel and everything all together and I'm sure I'll be more news to follow on that but uh, that's that's where I've been uh, putting my energies the last while.
0: That's cool so you were doing quite a lot of improv before and you've had a little break and you're working on this whole kind of voice thing as well are you going to go back mm. to
2: improv as well now? Or is I don't you- know yeah I caught up with a friend of mine recently and I do miss improv because it's such a lovely. It's, it's such a lovely, warm community. We're such a bunch of bloody hippies, aren't we? Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and beckoning her across the room is
0: Julie Flower. Welcome, Julie. <laughs> Hello. Come back to the improv world. <laughs> <laughs> So, Julie, you're an improviser, you're an actor, and you do about a thousand other jobs as well, which you were just filling me in on before. My we... day job is a leadership and team development consultant, but that doesn't sound so fun. It sounds very grown up, I've got to say. <laughs> I think we all just, like, straightened slightly yes, there. And... So, there you go. Checked our hair. (laughs) I'm very professionally dressed. And you're heading to Sheffield immediately after this recording, as
3: well. I am. Because I've got to deliver some problem solving training tomorrow (laughs)
2: well done
3: thank you so what have you been doing in improvise? yeah it's been quite exciting we took um some shows to faversham fringe in kent where i live oh my goodness so i'm in a two prov called twin prov and i'm in a a long form group called classic andy but then at edinburgh fringe this year i was in a play about male mental health so that was not improvised i had to learn lines Mm. wow
2: that's oh a gosh. challenge, yeah. So but for was, an improviser it's yeah, always I know, so I know. hard. Like, oh my
3: goodness, <laughs> that thing. But no, it was it was great actually, really good yeah, fun.
0: Uh Oh, I'm so impressed when people have done Edinburgh. I'm just in awe, in awe. It is a bit crazy. I'm now a lot less rich than I was before. (laughs) Not that I was, Uh but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yes, I know what you mean. (laughs) Even if you cancel those, they get you. It's just like, oh.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it does seem to be sort of, it just soaks up whatever money is around. It becomes this, and depends how long you go for, I suppose, as well. But it is such a phenomenal. The atmosphere there is incredible. Oh yeah, great mm-hmm. fun, great fun, and you get to see so many amazing things. That's the
3: really joy.
0: We are doing this in one crazy power hour. Um, so should we dive into our first sketch? Yeah. Hmm. This first one is from Elliot Stewart, who's been tackling the big question around what celebs do when they've become a bit has been.
3: Hello Frankenstein. Oh, hi Dracula. Don't call me that, I've been rebranded.
2: Well I'm not Frankenstein, I'm Frankenstein's monster. (sighs) Bit long. Yeah, my agent was saying that. You have an agent? Yeah, well you must do, if you've been
3: rebranded. Well, I I say rebranded, reinvented. I'm now Drax, with a double X. So I don't get confused with that guy in Guardians of the
2: Galaxy. But you look nothing like him. So, you here to audition too?
3: Afraid so, that it should come to this monster babe station.
2: I know. My agent said there's a real fetish for the freaky. So here I am. Got a call back. Oh, you've been here before. What do you have to do? Well, you remember Dignity? Not really. Keep it that way. They had me rolling around, twiddling with my electrodes and other things that would even make you blush. What else? You really want to know? They had me and another monster make out. Oh dear, Tacky! Oh, it was actually quite nice. It was with the invisible woman? There isn't an invisible
3: woman. Oh. Well, live and learn. I'm undead. Where does that leave me? I'm just a vampire.
2: Just? Vampires are sexy and always trendy. Why not ditch the cape and put on a dress? put that trans in Transylvania. That's a bit on PC. Or ACDC. I'm a bit current. Puns aren't sexy. I don't know. That Tim Vine had me in pieces. But he is quite a violent lover. We're classic monsters. They shouldn't
3: treat us this way. You don't see the Annabelle doll pole dancing or jigsaw from sword
2: jiggling. Did you hear what happened to the creature from the Black Lagoon? Do I want to? Shopping channel. Selling fish. Could be worse.
3: You don't see much of the invisible man nowadays.
2: Oh, very droll, right. Here we go. Door's opening.
3: I'm frightened. What if they ask me to do something I don't want to do?
2: Drax, it's alright. Just remember, if you get this gig, could be the big start. You'll get your day in the sun. Did you have to use that expression?
0: poor old monster. If you like that sort of thing, why not have a listen to seasons one to four of Dead Drunk Detective? Just look it up on any podcast app and you can follow the exploits of Johnny Stumbles. He's a zombie detective with a booze problem. It's written by Brendan Way and it's super funny and full of really stupid puns, so check it out. What have we got next then, guys? A nice day out? Here's one from Chris Ballard. Hello and
3: welcome to Bottoms Folly. Are you National Trust members? No, we're not. Would you like to join? It's only £100 for the year and membership gives you unlimited access to all our properties as well as a wonderful feeling of social superiority.
1: Uh, How much is it if we just pay for entry today?
3: For the two of you and your toddler, a million pounds. A million pounds? That's right. Under fives are free.
2: I don't know, even a hundred is far more than we're expecting to spend today.
3: If you join right now, you do get this rather nifty pair of binoculars, absolutely free. Although charges apply if you look at any animals on our property. I'm
1: just not sure we'd use our membership enough to get the value.
3: If you become members, you also get a car sticker.
1: A sticker? I do like stickers. What, What colour is it? Blue. Okay, darling, I think we should join up. It will make us do interesting things at the weekend.
2: You mean we'll definitely get up early on a Saturday for a bracing countryside stroll rather than just lazing about in our PJs?
1: Yes. I think paying this £100 right now will ensure that definitely happens. Plus, there are loads of great places to take a dog.
2: Yes, but we don't have a dog.
1: Don't be so negative. Let's do this!
2: Well, okay, as we've come this far...
3: You won't regret it. If you'd like to pop your card in the machine... And you are now members. Welcome to the middle class.
1: I feel better, somehow. Like I've been touched by the hand of God.
2: I know what you mean. I have an overwhelming urge to meet up with friends immediately, just so I can tell them how amazing I am and how crap they are. I'm going to buy a gilet. I'm going to buy Cath Kids' wellies.
1: This is going to be amazing. Shall we grab a drink in the tea room before we go in?
2: Yeah, sounds good. Hello? Two coffees and an apple juice, please.
3: Certainly, madam. That'll be a million pounds, please. A million pounds? That's right, madam. Can I also interest you in a slice of carrot cake? Oh, go on, then.
0: Oh, oh so sorry to the national trust there but yeah. um actually what i will say that made me laugh a lot but i do i am a member now i've got a monthly direct debit <laughs> and it's only about five pounds that's, that's not bad, is it? reasonable mm. yeah i'm a member too are you yeah all these middle class confessions yeah. Yeah. Oh. well we were already comparing notes about where we went well i, I was know. telling you know, we i at the weekend yes
3: that's wonderful philip webb we'll do some yeah <laughs> what's the word <laughs> niche heritage <laughs> <laughs> chat later oh, hell yeah what's the hot tip then Oh, the hot tip of where to go for the National Trust. Because you live in Canterbury, don't you? I do, yeah. So we're just surrounded by the stuff. Well, there's a place called... Castle and I was once talking to you know they have the sort of um, people who um, you know the volunteers in the rooms who want to tell you about it well I was once in a room there and the woman basically she told me that there used to be big swingers parties in sort of the 1960s (laughs) there but she didn't say it quite so directly but that's what she meant
2: what a selling point
3: yeah well indeed
2: indeed and you had to detect that through all the various clues she (laughs) was giving you like yeah yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) sort of
0: euphemisms (laughs) but actually she clearly thought that AI needed to know this stuff and yeah who knows so there we go every day's a school day and from days out to dining out now wayne timms has a sketch all about the latest new diet trend
2: hi gloria sit down i'll call the waiter wow chris you look great
3: how did you lose so much weight
2: i'm on a bs diet
3: bs how does that work i've eliminated all bs from my life so bs is it a vitamin or a protein or something It's bullshit. Everybody says that about diets, Chris. But if it works
2: for you, then... No! BS is the initials for bullshit. I figured that I was putting on weight because of all the BS in my life. And if I avoided it completely, I would lose weight. What sort of BS are you talking about? Anything that's BS. You know, corporate apologies, celebrity confessions, art house cinema. The weight just fell off me. So how does the BS diet work? I'll show you. See that person over there?
3: the one in the flashy suit shouting into their phone.
2: Yes, watch.
0: Oh, Chris, Chris, hey, great to see you. Listen, I've got a few things on the boil, so I can't talk long. Hey, uh, have you lost weight? Well... (coughs) I've got to take this, closing out a big deal. But I'll call you for a drink, all right, yeah? Bye. Chris, you've just put on seven pounds.
3: See? Amazing. Oh, good. Here's that cute waiter.
2: Good morning. What are you having today? Double cream coffee with three sugars and a chocolatey claire, please. Chris, is that wise? Gloria, I can eat what I want, as long as I avoid BS.
3: Madam? Coffee, decaffeinated, no milk, and a sugar-free, dairy-free muffin. So that's a cup of hot water and a handful of flour. No, it's what I just said. A coffee, decaffeinated, no milk, and a sugar-free, dairy-free muffin.
2: Gloria, you have just put on three pounds. When? Just now. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Uh, I think you have, madam. Who cares what you think? And now you've just put on another
3: £3. Oh, my God. All right. A cup of hot water and a handful of flour.
0: Thank you. I'll be back with your order in just two minutes. Now the waiter has put on
2: £3. This really works. Try it. You'll see the results immediately.
0: Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I love that sketch because it, then it actually does sound very much like a lot of the adverts on the radio at the moment. Yeah. Oh
2: my gosh, yeah. Have you heard them when they're like, yeah, "Oh, have yeah. you tried this vitamin for your guts?" Or yeah. especially food. There's so much food fanaticism at the moment. Food fanaticism. Well, you know, all you people cutting out people who cutting out all dairy and cutting out all wheat, and you know, fine if you actually have a real problem with those things. But sometimes a friend of mine has a theory that veganism is a form of Food fascisation. I don't know. (laughs) I don't agree with them, but that's their theory.
0: Well, everyone's entitled to their theory. I reckon um, my approach has just been that everything has some bad effect on the environment or someone at some point if you read enough Twitter. And so basically, if you just eat nothing, then you're fine. You're not. not
2: (laughs) Great. Yes. (laughs) Air. Very healthy.
0: yeah Yeah. I mean sometimes but you don't want to deprive other people of it my husband's just got excited about gut flora that's right isn't it I want to say fauna but (laughs) gut
2: flora (laughs) flora and fauna go together so I would do the same yeah
3: having a few tummy troubles so um he asked if I'd um I don't know why I had to make it make homemade yoghurt Oh, nice. Yeah, pretty cool. But I had all these things like festering on the side and you wake up and it's all bubbled up. and so like kefir or something? Yeah, yeah, basically. It's kind of all fermenting on the side and then... um, Gosh, you're so talented. Well, I'm not sure about that. It involves thermometers,
0: though. (laughs) (laughs) All the best things do. Yeah, (laughs) it's
2: true. (laughs) So...
0: This is where I have to pause now and do a bit of explaining before the next sketch, or at least I have to ask some questions because this involves Star Wars. Um, I've watched the Star Warses, not the new ones, um, the Disney things, but um, yes. I do know who Darth Vader is, um, which is great. That's one character in the sketch. But when I cast this earlier, there was this guy called Palpatine. Oh, yeah. David, can you explain this, please? Because you were really excited when you saw this. Well, you were like, he's my favourite character.
1: Ever he's amazing Emperor Palpatine he is just who is he he's the the main villain from the Star Wars universe
0: the one that he, looks like a Nazi
1: I don't think you're thinking of the same person okay I mean he might look like an old dying Nazi in a hood or something uh
0: that guy yeah
1: that guy i was going to google an image maybe i can google image now well it
2: doesn't work so so much for podcasts well no
1: i mean but then you'd react to the image
2: maybe explain when does senator palpatine show up in what in which episode of star wars well
1: originally he first of all he was referenced in uh, well he was shown a little bit in the empire strikes back but then he featured prominently in the return of the jedi and that's when i fell in love with him when i saw him as a kid at my grandparents' house, and I was just transfixed by him. Mm. Vader was popular because he was kind of like a brutal-ish anti-villain, but Palpatine was just captivating because I looked at him and I was like, "Why is this this old guy so powerful? He's withered. He's hideous. What made him like this? How does he have so much control?" Uh, just because, but it kind of Star Wars was actually made uh, comparatively speaking to be very similar to a feudal Japan in the sense that. Yeah, Jedis are actually supposed to be very similar to Shaolin monks or samurais. And when you look at a lot of old school martial arts films, a lot of the old small people are usually really tough. And that's kind of what Palpatine's like. And I remember when I heard, as you referenced with the prequels, when Palpatine was, uh, before he was Emperor Palpatine, he was Chancellor Palpatine. Because a lot of people were talking about the prequels being the, the kind of rise and fall of... Anakin Skywalker, aka Darth Vader, I'm but shocked. for me it was the rise of Palpatine, his rise to power, which was actually very comparable to that of Adolf Hitler, because he controlled the government gradually, and then yeah, he owned the Senate to the point where he he had control, absolute control, and they showed his disfigurement and basically he was a hidden Sith, which is the villain of the franchise. I don't know if this is even a good. <laughs> no, it's really incredible,
0: <laughs> and I definitely was not banking on this explanation. Oh, I was—I thought you were going to say he's the one with the hood.
2: Well, with yeah. the teeth. Well, it's interesting because you—you say that because it's the parallels to what, <laughs> what's going. It feels somewhat a little bit what's going on with the rise of the far right and how absolutely you so. if you inspire a level of fear in people, then you can control them because mm. you get them to relinquish their rights in the name of safety, and yeah. and then you think, well, actually, the person you you're trusting with your safety is the person who actually could do you possibly the most harm absolutely so it's quite clever but i suppose it's it's cyclical isn't it in history there's, mo- there's various characters seem to repeat itself yeah although we did hear that this the um director what's his name in mind's going it's kind of completely blanket in my mind george um, george Monbiot. no george, uh, george lucas,
1: lucas or the new george one?
2: lucas um how he really wanted to make uh flash Gordon the series and he wanted to because he loved the idea of um science fiction as a sort of the wild west and that he wouldn't he couldn't get the rights to it so he wrote this story in lieu of getting the rights to that story of flash gordon um and yeah so and he'd seen it as a child i think and because i think they made it into a tv series i feel like it's in black and white in possibly the i guess the 1940s um and it was like it was it was serialized every week next week in flash gordon mm-hmm. and they would show it and it's amazing so it's interesting how he distilled a lot of things into this into this franchise. He kind of took a lot of things.
1: So Palpatine might have been influenced by Ming the Merciless as well. Then, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be that far fetched, would it? They're comparably similar.
2: I, well, I think probably Ming the Merciless is probably a bit more out there. I think Palpatine was a bit more surreptitious. He's quite because Ming the Merciless. Well, Ming, Ming, Who is Ming, the Ming in no, no, uh, so in Flash Gordon, he is quite a campy character. Really, he has kind of a gown, and it's quite it's quite over the top. It's lavish, with very a large lavish. Quote.
0: Classic camp bad guy. Yeah, very
2: nineteen seventies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why not? I suppose if you're going to be evil, you, if you're going to be evil. You might as well be well dressed. I suppose. so yeah. Well, but that um, was the joy of that Palpatine lush.
1: that he was just. His whole shtick was being hidden, concealed. Mm. That's why he wasn't revealed until later on.
0: Can mm. I just say this is this has gone to an entirely new place where I feel like I'm actually learning quite a lot here as well. And there's definitely things I'm going to Google, um, and I'm definitely going to mix up that Flash Gordon fictional character with the Ming Dynasty as well. This <laughs> is <laughs> so brilliant because I actually I, I sort of dismissed uh, Star Wars as a children's film, and um, yeah, kind of had got to the point of thinking like, oh, these fucking Manchildren everywhere, who were just regressing into their youth by clinging onto this movie, and then you come out with David. This is mm. not you, by the way. I'm talking about.
1: You almost said "cling on," ironically mm. enough. You trekkie. Who's that <laughs> It's, <laughs> yeah.
2: it's yeah. interesting, though. There's but, different philosophies around it because my sister and cousin are a massive Star Trek, and the last time I was here, oh my, my god, Heather we talk about Star Trek. We yeah. talked about Star Trek, but um sometimes it represents a. a a chapter of people's childhood and they want to have that version of that story forever and ever and never to change. You know, it's like, actually... The
0: intelligence that went into the fact, you know, wasn't Star Wars episode one is like the classic embodiment of the example of the hero's journey, isn't Mm. it? And Campbell or whatever.
2: Well, to be fair, I think the Star Wars, when it first came out, it wasn't particularly appreciated by the critics because it's the script. I think even the actors admitted when they read it, it was just very piecemeal and i think one of the things they said they don't really give credit for is the editing in star wars the first first and second ever film really made the movie and it kind of kept the pace up and kept the sense of right. um tension yeah, it was and the so most actually
1: wipes in the film the the scene wipes
2: yeah that was all really and it oh, was yeah. much fresher and different so in a way it was the visual a technique that they were relying on rather than the script.
0: Um, so, after that really enlightening and fascinating uh, discussion on Star Wars, should we go into an equally enlightening and sophisticated sketch? Yes. Yeah. This one is from Brian Burke. Thank you very much.
4: Duff, is that you? I know it's you, Duff. No one else breathes like that. Listen, we need another player for our volleyball team. We're in the finals against human resources and Gary rolled his ankle. Come on, Duff. I know it's you. Look, I don't want to make this an official order, but I will do what I have to win this goddamn thing. Do you understand? <sighs> Fine. That a boy. With a six foot eight Sif Lord in our front line, those nerds won't know what hit 'em. The tournament is on six, but we practice in the cafeteria on four. So don't be late. Also, I walked by your chambers the other day, and it smelled like something decaying in there. Do you have a dead body in your room again, Darth? No. Because last time, we said there would be consequences if it happened again. Do you remember that? I mean... I like a good killing like any other Sith. But I live right down the hall, and sometimes I eat in my room. I can't eat with that smell. Fine. Just stop talking to me right now. Oh, one last thing. You need to stop joking, everyone, man. It's okay to set the tone to in meetings with a little scare tactic from time to time, but do you know how much it costs to train and develop these admirals? I mean, we're talking about decade-long officers here. You can't just replace these guys with any old storm trooper. Did you just try to choke me? You insolent little shit! That doesn't work on me! I invented the choke! Roof!
1: <laughs> so proud of that boy. Ugh! <sighs>
2: Did yes. you injure yourself?
0: Well done. I know exactly who you're talking about now. That was yeah. fucking brilliant. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah, it was really good. I was, towards the end, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna hurt himself."
1: <laughs> i have vocal trained for quite a few years. I scream in a metal band as well, yeah.
2: so. So you know what you're doing. Yeah. Because I've seen people do it, and and then they then they <laughs> then they then they're like, "Oh, I actually hurt myself," you know? They're like. Their voice is gone. But you, you control. It's you, the power of the performance. Yeah. Well, you're in, you're in control of your voice. It's, it's the force
1: it's choke. And that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> Bloody well. I mean, don't choke me next time. You know.
2: Listen.
0: Do you got to do it, what you got to do. It's been getting really real in this room. I must <laughs> say. So real. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna have to put the restraining order between you or something.
1: Well. It won't be the first time. That's not true.
0: Yeah. Uh, there was last week, wasn't And David? Well, I,
1: I, I apologise for that.
0: I know, but you I you didn't up. understand. <laughs> oh, God,
1: can we talk about this off recording? So
0: I need yeah, to move. On. I
2: need to leave now. Probably
0: move <laughs> on to another sketch. <clears throat> yeah, this one's about a uh, lovely father son boating trip, and it's from Isaiah Hedden.
2: Wow, the lake is so calm.
1: Yeah, it makes paddling so easy. Too bad your brother Joseph couldn't join us.
2: Oh, Dad, don't move. There's a big spider on your back. What? Flick it off! Oh my god! It's crawling into your life jacket! Take it off! Oh! Couch potatoes!
1: Help! Help! Get me out of here!
2: No. Son, you know I can't swim. What are you doing? I'm going to tell you a story.
1: Is this some kind of game?
2: Help me! In the summer of 1998, I had a sleepover with my best friend George. We spent the day sipping Capri Suns, trading pogs and jamming to still not a player by the late big pun. I don't know who that is. George's mother arrived an hour early to pick him up. You guys let us play outside, but I came back into the house to use the bathroom. Yeah? And I overheard something.
1: I I can explain.
2: Can you, Father? I heard from the kitchen that shrill voice George's mother led the church choir with, shouting, Yes, yes, in agreement. Oh, I heard it. I swear
1: to God, it happened once.
2: Keep your God to yourself. That moment has defined my life every day. Get you in the point. Do you know what I heard? Then let me repeat it. Joseph's macaroni ornament is more structurally sound than Scott's. Macaroni ornament? Joseph, my kid brother. The Luigi to my Mario, the Dr. Nas Crane to my Dr. Fraser Crane, the Recon Stark to my... and, And that's all you heard? That's all I needed to hear. I was devastated. I failed seventh grade the following year.
1: Well, your brother has a knack for those kind of things. He's an architect now.
2: I was haunted by it. I carried macaroni in my pants as some kind of sick penance. They called me Kraft Macaroni in jeans.
1: Well, son, I'm sorry. You are? Of course. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings.
2: So it wasn't a coordinated evil plot to destroy me?
1: What? No, of course not.
2: Then let's get you back in the boat.
1: Oh, man. I'm glad you didn't hear what your Merva said about the fourth grade Volcano.
2: That's why I'm taking her rock climbing in a week. That's it for this episode of Sketch Please.
0: Thank you so much to our lovely cast. So Julie, where can we find out more about what you're up to at the moment? You could have a look on my website if you'd like some leadership development advice or consultancy.
3: Always. um, Which is specialistgeneralist.co.uk and I also do applied improv work in corporate settings as well and um, my Twitter handle is at JulieFlower4 so when there's improv stuff going on or theatre stuff it's on there but a bit quiet at the moment which is nice.
2: Susan, thank you so much. Well I haven't got anything as such right now but I have a website in work in progress so all going well that will be launched soon mm-hmm. and as soon as that will be it'll be all over the the internet and the interweb. Can't wait to hear about it let us know and we'll tweet it out. Thank you very much. David, what are you up to? Well
1: I'm I'm uh mainly focusing on music with my band, Feed the Wolves. I'm kind of doing a lot of stuff with Butality, and you can find any of my artisanal work on the Shapeshifter on the YouTube page or the Instagram page. It's just kind of weird, crazy stuff that I'm a big fan of and would like other people to like it. But usually I'm uh, only really liked by people intelligent and sexy. Just Google the shapeshifter on Twitter and YouTube and you'll find me. And that's the shapeshifter as in D-E-R, the German masculine, their shapeshifter.
0: You're also going to be the, the, the bad guy in our forthcoming series bed Com written by Luke Murray, which is coming out very soon. Hell yeah. Yeah, so um, we'll tweet about that. If you've enjoyed the show, tell others about it on Twitter at Pod. And why not come on and perform yourself? Just email me at at sketchpleasepodcastpioneers.com or send us a sketch you've written ideally if you could not something you've had rejected by Newsjack or a film thing because I literally can't fit any cameras in the studio <laughs> <laughs> um, keep an eye out for some exciting new productions including that one I mentioned from Podcast Pioneers uh, Luke Murray's Sitcom, which is taping very soon and you can follow me for updates on Twitter at Catco Radio 2 that's with the case thank you to our brilliant performers go and check them all out catch you next time thank you very much goodbye, goodbye. keep
1: on trucking